Ask Aubrey is supported by Eliza and Wild. Eliza and Wild creates all-natural, high-potency CBD products designed to give you targeted, everyday self-care inside and out. Their ingestible and topical CBD products are consciously designed with all-natural and intentionally sourced ingredients and fully recyclable packaging. So it's good for you and for the earth. And y'all, Eliza and Wild literally does not have a single product that I don't love. I have them all. And everything smells and tastes incredible and is made with ingredients that I can feel good about putting on and in my body. I take the CBD and MCT oil drops daily, and they help me to really keep my anxiety and my tension under control. And they also have a line of amazing CBD topical products, including this lip balm that I am truly obsessed with. And like, did you know that CBD actually has anti-inflammatory properties when you apply it directly to your skin? Because I didn't until I started to use this lip balm and it is changing my life. And also it smells amazing, which we all know is really important. And I know that you're going to love these products just as much as I do. So when you grab yours at elizaandwild.com, you can use the promo code Aubrey15 at checkout for 15% off your order. That's elizaandwild.com, E-L-I-Z-A-A-N-D-W-Y-L-D.com. And make sure to use code Aubrey15, that's A-U-B-R-E-E-1-5, for 15% off. Hey there, my name is Aubrey Henderson. I'm a self-worth coach and professional calm in the chaos. I believe that when you're feeling stuck in your life and you can't decide on the next right step, that getting some perspective or a pep talk from someone outside of your shoes can be an absolute game changer. This podcast is that pep talk. Every week, I'll share my responses to listener questions, real life coaching sessions, and interviews about topics that you can connect with and learn from. All things that will help you to reconnect with your own self-worth and inner goodness and vision for your life so you can feel great and get shit done. Welcome to Ask Aubrey. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, babes. Welcome to this week's episode. I, you know, I just wanted to share a shorter episode with you all this week about something that comes up all the time in my one-on-one coaching work. It's something that every single one of my clients have struggled with in some way or another. And honestly, that every human being I know has struggled with at some point, myself included. And it's something that, you know, I've seen coming up a lot over these past few weeks in particular as, you know, it feels like so many people are just now waking up to their own privilege and their own power for the first time. We are going to talk about guilt. So right now, as I am hoping that you know, we are experiencing this huge, significant cultural moment, right? Where this spotlight has been placed on institutionalized systemic racism, which is not something that is a new problem by any means, but it is right now being amplified. And folks are aware of it in a new and much more 
you know, widespread way than I think, you know, most folks have ever seen in our lifetime. And, you know, for people who benefit from white privilege in particular, so, you know, primarily white folks, I am seeing just a ton of, you know, public displays of guilt around this. And many of these, and I'd even say probably a majority of these kind of public displays of guilt from white people are not particularly useful. And I think even, you know, to the the person sharing them or especially to the, the people around them, quite honestly, they are not helpful. And, you know, what I'm talking about here are like the videos of, you know, white women influencers crying in their Instagram stories about how, you know, they kind of had no idea that racism was so widespread and pervasive and they just had no idea and it makes them so sad. Or, you know, the people who are posting and really kind of centering their own feelings about their white privilege and whiteness and their white guilt. I mean, there's literally a term for this, white guilt. And, you know, how badly they feel that they have this privilege that others don't have and how they feel bad because they know it's unfair. And so what I want to talk about and what I believe is that guilt alone is actually not a useful emotion, okay? Guilt alone is not a useful emotion. And I assume that we all know what guilt is, but just in case you don't, and I also think it's helpful to kind of ground us in a common definition, when I talk about guilt, guilt to me is basically feeling badly because you've done something that you know and believe is wrong, okay? Guilt is feeling badly because you've done something that you know or that you believe is wrong. And this is a normal and healthy human response, right? This is what, you know, deters us from doing bad shit over and over. This is the emotional response that keeps us from doing things that we know are wrong. But, you know, when guilt is unchecked, right, when we're not self-aware about it or when it's not, you know, intentionally paired with another thought or another emotion or a call to action, what it can do is it can actually just spiral into shame. And shame really is moving from, you know, feeling like your actions were bad, which is guilt, you know, guilt is I did something bad, into a place of beginning to believe that you are bad because of the things you have done, right? Shame is believing that you are bad, believing I am bad. Guilt, I did something bad. Shame, I am bad. And so, you know, obviously those two things really go hand in hand. They are very closely related to one another, but different concepts. And so if we go back to this example of whiteness and white privilege and what we're seeing so much of right now, and, you know, as we uncover as white folks, the parts that we play in white supremacy culture, the ways that we uphold white supremacy culture, which is harmful, then guilt and shame play huge roles here. And that makes sense, right? If you're a white person, so me as a white person, I see that racism exists in our country, okay? Racism exists and it is perpetuated constantly and sometimes unknowingly, but still constantly by white folks like me 
by people like me who benefit from white supremacy culture, if I fully recognize that, and especially if I'm fully recognizing that for the first time, I am going to feel something about that. Okay, if this is you, you are going to have feelings about that. And so this is not me telling you you're not going to have any feelings. You would not be invested in this work if feelings of guilt and if probably even feelings of shame pop up for you. Okay, as you're, you know, uncovering the ways you've participated in this same system that kills people, that kills black people. If you didn't feel badly about that, I would be worried about you. I would be concerned about you. I would question your investment in this work, in, you know, wanting to become anti-racist. I would honestly question your character if you recognized this, became aware of it, and if you didn't feel some sort of guilt. So the feeling of guilt is normal when we are confronted with, you know, roles that we have played in something that we believe is wrong. And... At the same time, that guilt cannot be the place where we live long term. The guilt cannot be where we live long term. Because marinating in the guilt and the shame and staying there and not moving through it, it keeps us stuck. You know, wallowing in the guilt and shame, it keeps us stuck. And this is true anywhere in your life that you feel guilt or shame. Honestly, this is not just for this example, although this is the example that is ever present on my mind right now is thinking about white guilt, but it's true across the board. So sitting in guilt long term is not going to get us anywhere. And now what I'm not saying here, which I want to be crystal clear about, is I'm not saying you shouldn't feel bad for doing fucked up things. Okay, I am not saying you shouldn't feel remorse for your actions. I'm not saying, you know, guilt isn't helpful. Don't feel bad for anything you do. That's, that's not the message here, okay? It is not. Um, I do believe that guilt and shame are natural human emotions, feelings, experiences, and that they are helpful when they propel us to places of productive and useful and catalytic action, right? When they propel us. But if we're not propelled, if we live primarily in that space of guilt and shame, and when that is our predominant emotional experience and we just stay there, we can't take productive action from that place. And it gives us an excuse not to. Because when you're marinating in guilt, okay, when you're kind of sitting in that place, guess what you're centering when you're stuck in guilt? You are centering you. You're centering your feelings. And what that creates for the people around you is that you're, you're working from a place, you're operating from a place of needing other people to assuage your guilt. You need other people to soothe your guilt and make you feel better. And it's counterproductive, and particularly in the white guilt conversation, because if you're living in your white guilt, then you're moving through the world and moving through this space where like folks are trying to fucking tear down white supremacy and, you know, deconstruct these systems that have been harmful to people. And if you are over here, 
I'm gesturing in one direction. You can't see that because Aubrey, this is a podcast, not a video. But if you are on the sidelines stuck in your feelings of guilt and I feel badly and all of that and not taking that and channeling it into action, then you are not helping. You are distracting. You are pulling energy and resources away and you are making it about you. And I know I've talked here about, you know, the three-part apology that we do in my family with, you know, my wife and my kids. And I actually think it illustrates pretty well what I'm getting at here. So if we look at the three-part apology, you know, step one is that you start with the actual apology, saying sorry, and naming what you are sorry for, right? So I'm sorry I bumped into you, okay? It's being specific about what you're sorry for. It is apologizing and claiming awareness and accountability. I'm sorry that I did this specific thing. I know what I did and I'm sorry. Step two then is checking in with the affected party, with the person that you hurt and whether they are okay. So literally asking, are you okay? And accepting the answer to that. You don't get to decide the answer to are you okay? And then step three is finding out how to make amends, how to make it right, okay? It's asking, how can I make it better? And the, you know, if you hear those three steps, I'm sorry, I blank, are you okay? How can I make it better? The emotion of guilt correlates literally with only one part of this apology model, which is part one. It is literally only step one where guilt can live. I'm sorry, I did blank. And guilt, quite honestly, doesn't even get you fully through step one. It's not going to propel you through step one completely. Okay, guilt will get you to say sorry. But part of step one is taking accountability and ownership for what you've done and being able to actually name it, to have the self-awareness and frankly, the courage to name it. And guilt is still often kind of being in our own heads about it and ruminating on it before we're even brave enough to own it, before we have the courage to own it and to take accountability and to name it. I'm sorry I did this. But to even be able to move to step two of this apology model, you actually have to get out of guilt. You have to move out of guilt to move through this apology. And it's funny because we do this with our kids and, you know, the they call it the whole doing the whole apology. Like if someone just says, I'm sorry, my kids will say like, no, you need to do the whole apology, which is funny when it's someone who, you know, isn't in our family because they're like, what the hell are you talking about? But they move through it quickly. They know the whole apology. And, you know, they're able to kind of get out of that space of guilt enough to, you know, stop. You have to stop centering your own feelings to get to step two, to get past. I'm sorry, I did blank. Are you okay? You know, this actually necessitates a shift away from your guilt to stop centering your own feelings and actually check in on the other person. The reason you feel guilty is because you fucked up and you hurt somebody. And so by focusing instead on the person who was harmed and their well-being, this actually shifts you away from your guilt. Or rather, not really shifts you away, but it decenters your guilt. And it centers the other person and their experience and their well-being. 
And it doesn't mean that you're no longer sorry for what you did or that you don't believe that what you did was wrong anymore. I think you can still hold all of those things and all of that knowledge and at the same time take accountability and then make an intentional effort to move forward through it. And I think this is where the last step of that apology model really comes in. It's making amends. You know, it's deciding what you're going to do differently. And so, you know, when my kids are apologizing to each other and the kid who's apologizing says, how can I make it better? And the kid who's being apologized to nine times out of 10 just says, don't do it again. And a lot of the time, it really is that fucking simple. That's not to say it's easy, but it's, it is that simple. Don't do it again. And we know this, right? We intuitively know this. We feel guilt about doing something. We feel guilt often because something that we did was harmful or, you know, goes against kind of our own belief systems or moral framework, right? And so we know a lot of the time that the answer is don't do it again. And especially when you hear it from the person that you've harmed, it's straightforward. And, you know, ultimately, y'all, marinating in guilt and in shame when you've done something wrong is not useful when it doesn't propel you forward into a space of accountability and of changed behavior. And this is true right now in this present moment for all of us white folks as we build our stamina and develop the endurance to be committed to anti-racism for the long haul. Okay, this absolutely applies here. And these same principles apply to literally any situation where you might feel guilt or shame about something that you did or a choice that you made or an impact you had on someone else. So whether that's, you know, you said something that you regret to a loved one or you didn't finish that project that you said you finish or you lied to somebody about something or you didn't do something that you wish you would have done or you feel like you should have done, okay? This applies to so many situations. And what I urge you to do is to notice when you are languishing in guilt and shame, when you are stuck in that space and you are not making any forward motion. And to remember that staying stuck in these spaces of guilt is not only unproductive, It's actually really self-centered. But what we can do is we can find a way to move forward, whether that's, you know, to let yourself off the hook in the case of like accidentally (laughs) sleeping through a Zoom date with your friend, or in the case of, you know, recognizing your white privilege and your role in upholding this violent system, let it propel you to action instead. Don't stagnate in it. Let it be the thing that, you know, brings your awareness and propels you forward to do better. That propels you forward to take concrete action, to accountability, to changed behavior. Because ultimately the place that we need to get to for actual reconciliation, it's not the, I'm sorry I did this. It's It's not even the, are you okay? Because, you know, in this case, we know the answer. No. 
It's how can I make it better? What can I do to make it better? And the fact is that right now there's no excuse. Y'all know the answer to that. So also don't, don't ask a black person right now, what can I do? Go access the tons and tons of resources that are available to you. Um, in my last episode, I uh, listed some in the show notes, talked about some in the episode itself. Um, tons of great resources exist out there. But at this point, living in that guilt and shame place, y'all, it is not helping you. It is not helping anyone. So the sooner we can move out of that place of marinating in our own guilt and move forward to a place of true accountability and ownership of our actions and of actually taking action steps to change our behavior, to take radical action and to make real amends, that is where we need to get to. Love y'all. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you loved it, please take a second to subscribe on your favorite platform, leave a rating or a review, and take a screenshot and share it on social media or with a friend who needs to hear a message like this one. I love the chance to hear from you and connect with you because it gives me the opportunity to remind you that you are worthy, worthy of wholeness and happiness and just good things. So send me the question or the topic that's keeping you up at night or that you just want to hear more about. You can send me a voice memo at anchor.fm slash Aubrey Henderson, and I can actually include any voice memos that you send me in the show, which I think is pretty rad. Or you can send a good old-fashioned written message from my website at aubreyhenderson.com. I'll see you next time, babes.